Welcome back, everybody, to I Don't Know Much But, and this is episode five. Carry on. Five. Five? Five of these we've done already. That's flowing, hasn't it? Doesn't time fly when you're having mm. fun in a courtroom? It really does. I've already got new guests lined up as well. Yeah, me too. <laughs> me too. So, That's listeners, nice. hold on tight because we're going to have some really fascinating people joining us in the yeah. coming weeks. Yeah. So, how's your week been? Um, all right. Yeah, not too bad. I was in Wales again. Like every every time I come in on a Monday, it's like yeah, I've been Wales. Yeah, been in Wales again. Yeah, yeah. yeah, just making the most of it yeah. while it's quiet. Don't blame me. Don't um, blame me. Yeah, it's been really nice. Not too bad at all. Yeah. Now I just not to not to throw in something here, but I went to this week, and it ties in nicely with what we're talking about mm. this week. So you know, I'm a fan of not to give adverts to other podcasts. Yeah. But the Uncanny podcast. Yes, because you mentioned that at the end of last week's, didn't you? I did, yes. didn't I? Yeah. yeah. So this week I went to Wrexham, William Aston Hall, mm. uh, to see Uncanny Live with Danny Robbins. And the and his guest that he good? had there, it was really, really good. Was it? Two brand new cases, owned it up to the audience. Why have I never heard of this man? He's the man that wrote 222. Yeah, see, now I've heard of that. Which is the play that's, yeah. that's doing And I wanted to go films. and watch that. Yeah. Go, yeah. He's he's one of those. He's he kind of started off as as a as a stand up comedian, as a as a comedy writer, but followed his interest. And he talks about this a little bit in the show. Mm. How and it's really quite funny how we had similar um, interests growing up as kids, right? Because he talks about growing up and having those paranormal magazines, and, yeah. and I, as we'll talk about a little bit later, remember one of the f- first things that kind of excited me was a kid mm. was the Unexplained magazine. Don't. Which that it might be before your time, so I'm going to park it. <laughs> yeah, park that. We'll Mine park was the Reader's that. Digest book that my dad had, and it had a real weird section in it about like human combustion or something like that. Someone saying this human yes. combustion. And I remember being traumatized because I'd flicked on it and I was like, "What's that?" And it was like an old woman's leg. Yes. Like, Do you remember? It's the a really fr- yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it was in the yeah. Unexplained magazine, and fully enough, he shows that photograph yeah. in the show. The so maybe that's where my interest was sparked. Well, that was terrifying, but. After that. So you're interested sparred by women's legs. One leg. Okay. One leg. <laughs> one leg. One leg. One, one shard leg. leg. Mm-hmm. One leg, one mm-hmm. leg. Yeah. So we're going down a bit of a different path with this week's episode because yeah. I think, not that this isn't a serious discussion, mm. but our first four episodes have dealt, dealt with some really <laughs> intense topics, haven't they? Yeah, sorry. Whereas, whereas <laughs> this, leading up to Halloween, mm. this is, it's a, uh, yeah, I mean, this is something we've both been... I'm so excited about So excited about talking about because it's it's I think both of our little interests. Weird brains. Yeah, weird brains, <laughs> kind of anything spooky, anything yeah. supernatural, anything paranormal. All week since the last podcast I've been like You have been absolutely giddy about it. Yeah. Just love talking about it. I think even when we even before we started recording this podcast, mm. I seem to remember us saying why don't we do a paranormal podcast? Yeah, we did. And your eyes lit up like <laughs> like Christmas. It's like when no one you get it when I share the um you know your higher self like the the memes the funny ones. Yeah. You're like you just know it's like art for most people. Yeah. Not and for us. not for us. <laughs> not for us. Yeah. We know what goes on we in each other's heads. Yeah. So, for this week's uh episode mm. of IDKMB, we have uh, a very special guest, someone I've known for a long time now. Um, Natalie Joyce, a fascinating story to tell, mm-hmm. and I think it's going to be, this is going to be a really, really interesting conversation. Yeah. So everybody, uh, buckle in, settle down, so we're just going to set the atmosphere now, mm-hmm. dim your lights, light your candle, carve your pumpkin, put on your witch's hat, <laughs> and let's carry on with episode five yeah. of I Don't Know Much, but... Welcome back, everybody, and we are joined by our guest, Natalie. Hello. Well, welcome. <laughs> thank you. Hello. Well, welcome to the show. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Brilliant. Thanks for having me on today. Pleasure, absolute pleasure, because when we thought about doing um, this, this, if you want to call it, I don't know whether you want to call it a paranormal episode, a supernatural episode, it's the Halloween special, mm. anyway. Um, and as we said before the break, this was absolutely a topic that we wanted to do, because we've got... I think all of us have got a fascination yeah, in it. Yeah, we have. As soon as we said this is what it was going to be, Nat, 
you were the person I thought of. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> straight away. So, for uh, for the audience that don't know you, and that's going to be probably most, mm-hmm. do you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, so I'm Natalie. Um, interested in paranormal, supernatural from a very, very young age, um, being the fact that I was born on Halloween. So there we go. Got birthday coming up. Um, yeah, kind of grew up interested in ghost stories, where we lived. It was like a haunted abbey. So it was always this fascination around whether the nuns were like crawling underneath the lane and different <laughs> things um, to meet the monks. There's always like ghost stories flying around. So yeah, that kind of, that was childhood interest. And as I grew up, kind of then got interested in tarot cards and readings, had a few different readings throughout the years. Then randomly got involved in a ghost tour company, which I'll talk about a bit later on. Um, And then we kind of decided that that was going to evolve and we wanted an online community. So we kind of started filming little bits and bobs, a bit like today, to get it onto YouTube. um, And then started TV network, picked it up, and then we ended up doing a full series of, yeah, of the show, The Past Hunters. Oh, amazing. Which was actually on the TV, proper Mm -hmm. proper TV. Proper TV. And that would have been about how long ago? Because you did that before... Yeah, because we've known each, each other seven years. Now. Yeah, so I think it was 2018, and it was on between Christmas and New Year. We were on after the Caravan Club program on a TV show called <laughs> Your TV, um, but yeah, still really good. Yeah. It's got quite a lot of views. So Amazing, really proud of it. I have to ask you. I have questions. <laughs> so many questions. Go, 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 go. Um, the tarot card. Do you mm-hmm. read tarot? I did go through a phase where I was trying to learn how to read mm-hmm. tarot cards. Um, but it is quite complex. It's tricky, isn't it? Yeah, so I've got a whole set to like, play with and get out every now and then um, to try and read my own. And I do, and then Google it. Yeah. Like, what's that mean? In terms of, in times of need or stress or yeah. when you feel like you need a bit of guidance yeah. or to know that what you're doing is the right thing yeah. for you to be doing. So I love that. So is, that, that. is that something you still do? I haven't done it for a while. Must be because I haven't Everything's had any turbulence chill. at the moment. <laughs> Whereas I've been like, ah. Yeah, moving house, was that the right thing yeah. to do? Like changing jobs, is that the right thing to do? Uh, getting a new animal, is that the right thing to do? Anything like that just kind of went to them just for a bit of guidance and, mm. yeah, support, I guess. It's interesting that. So I think what we need to establish straight away mm. is kind of where on the fence that you sit with all this stuff. And we'll probably we touch around? on all, yeah, different, different aspects of whatever you want to call paranormal supernatural because it covers quite a big area really yeah so carry on yes where do you stand in terms of my beliefs about the paranormal believer skeptic oh believer 100% believer. you're a full-on believer yeah 100% because yeah go on now I was going to say is there anything you don't believe in before you get into what you do believe in um right okay so I'm a big believer because I've had experiences which I know we're going to cover later but I've always, a bit like you, Nat, from a very young age, been just, it's been like a bit of a knowing. Like, I've always, I've never been religious. Yeah. For whatever reason. I, but I've always known there was something, like energy, or whenever people died, I always believed that they'd gone yeah. to not necessarily another place, but like a different, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a different energy level, but still here, kind of, if yeah. that makes sense. Okay. Um, so, because I think that we're all just energy. Okay. Um, and so, in that respect, it makes sense that they can still communicate with us and come back. And like feathers, robins, um, 20 pence pieces, which I'll explain later. Okay. So <laughs> that went down Yeah, bad. what? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, this uh, 100% believer. Okay, no. Yeah. I think I was a very strong believer, but I have had a little look behind the curtain, so maybe not so much now, but do like to still believe in something. And, you know, when people say they've had experiences that they've seen loved ones that have maybe passed over, that kind of thing, then, yeah, that can you can still pick up, as you say, on energy or something yeah. around you. And it can be just a comforting thing yeah. as well. So. Yeah. And I want to know what you've seen behind the curtain, yeah. which made you a little <laughs> bit less believe. It's good, though. It's a good conversation. Yeah, well, kind of. This is where me and that are quite similar because mm. I was very much believer. Yeah. Um, but then over the years, I've become more sort of aware of what goes in the background, the science of it. So I'm kind of more towards skeptic mm. to a degree. If if the truth be known, I kind of sit in the fence. I've got a, my brain is scientific. Yeah. 
So I look for the truth of things. So whatever the explanation is of, of whatever people's experiences are, mm. I believe they're having them. Yeah. But it's what are they? Yeah. Can they be explained in this in world? Science. Yeah, well, yeah, because at the end of the day, you know, these things are happening, you know, with our rules of mm. nature, of science, of physics, of chemistry, of biology. Mm. To exist in this world, they must exist you know, yeah. within this world, so therefore, they're just things we don't know yet. Well, we're catching up though, because I've been delving a little bit more into spirituality recently. Yeah. So I've been reading like different books, and um, there's a movie called The Samadhi Movie. Watch it, people, it's very good. What's it called? Samadhi, S A M A D H I, I think it is, on YouTube. Okay. And it's three parts, but the first one is about finding like your inner self, like the soul. Yeah. Um. And in that, and in some of the books that I've been reading, and like Rupert Spira, Ramdas, all these very well-known spiritual people, yeah. um, are talking now about how science is actually catching up in terms of like they're not actually being any time. Like everything is happening now, everywhere. Oh, it's very, it's very mm. complex. Are we talking like quantum physics? Yes, yes, yes. Collapsing in yes. On yeah. So they are the, the scientists now are going scratching their heads like, oh, actually, maybe there's some you know some truth in that. Yeah, um, I've heard stuff about the time stuff recently, and funnily mm. enough, it's popped up in a book I've been reading, and we talked about it on Thursday night, the whole idea of time slips. Mm-hmm. Now, I've been down Bold Street in Liverpool. Do you know the Bold Street yes. mm-hmm. thing? With the time slips that, that oh, happen in Bold no. Street in Liverpool. No. So there's a there's a famous case, and there's been a, c- a couple of cases where people have walked down. Why Bold Street particularly, mm. I don't know. Well, cause maybe it's got history. Yeah, well, for anybody who, who doesn't know Liverpool, Bold Street's really quite famous for its for its restaurants and bars. Yeah. And its trendy shops. And its trendy yeah. shops and stuff like that. But there's been um, cases where people have walked down there and suddenly been transported back to the 1930s. What? Yeah, and then kind of snapped back out of it oh, again. wow. And there's been a couple of reported cases of that. And there's, there's some people that now kind of believe, and I kind of can see the sense of that, is when you see ghosts, you're not... Yeah. They are not a... Uh, a ghostly physical presence in our world it's kind of like a, a time lapse yeah you're kind of getting a, a glimpse into the past yeah and take that then to its next logical conclusion some people then also believe that when they're seeing aliens and ufos they're not seeing aliens and yeah. ufos they're seeing yeah. our future yeah and this is where time gets a little bit yeah thin so in that crossover. case the thought of you know if, if what i've been reading recently is true and what you've just said is true it's going very sort of, it's a lot for the brain to take in, isn't it? Yeah. But actually, if we're all one, like we're at, there's no separation yeah. or duality, we're all one being, because yeah. we're all together, then when people die, they don't really die, do they? Because we're three-part beings, aren't we? Mind, body, soul, or what we're Well, to science will tell you that yeah. energy is neither created or destroyed, it just changes form. So, so your energy... Maybe that's just, the case. Phew. Maybe that is the case. And that's why you don't, you know, you... You're kind of still here, but you're... We're going to explore that a little <gasps> bit more. So, Nat, tell me where you were growing up, because you talked about this. Where were you growing up where there was a... Did you say it was a monastery or Yeah, so it's over in Winsford, and there's the Whitegate Abbey, which is now a golf club. All right, OK. <laughs> <laughs> but back in time, yeah, back in time, um, I think it was a monastery. And there's also, in Winsford, a big cross, which apparently the devil moved from a St. Chad's church. So there's lots of little oh, ghost wow. stories around where we live. And there's a lane, apparently, from Whitegate to Winsford, where the nuns and monks used to meet and cross paths under there, because obviously they couldn't yeah. above above the tunnels, but yeah. could under the tunnels. So, yeah, I and mean, where we lived, um, it's quite rural at the back of us, so and a, a long lane, so we always used to go down there, dark, tell ghost stories. We weren't far from the house. Um, and I think, yeah, just used to scare ourselves and we'd walk through White Gateway and we'd see crows hanging up just in the tree and it's like, oh, I wonder if a witch lives here. And yeah, we'd That sounds just, a bit Blair Witch. Yeah, and it yeah. was just a bit creepy. Nothing untowards ever happened. No. Everyone was fine, but just like, why was the three crows hung upside down in the tree? And when you're young, you don't really think, there's no explanation for that. No. And then you kind of come up with stories and I'm sure it was probably something to do the fishermen that were fishing in the yeah. pond or yeah. something along them lines or maybe they'd been rabbiting and caught different things and just yeah. them there to come back to later but when you're younger the sight of that just, just terrifies you like yeah. what's that why is it there wow. screaming running all the way home yeah. 
<laughs> so important question. <clears throat> have you ever seen a ghost? Not seen a ghost, um, but I'd had quite a few experiences. So I often get a loud, high-pitched noise that I can only hear in my ear. So it's not the usual, I feel like someone's sitting on the end of the bed, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's more of a noise. And I'll often say to my partner, oh, did you hear that then? That's really just gone through me. And he'll be like, no, can't, can't hear, that. hear that. So we had those types of experiences. Um, yeah, just lots of different ones when we've been out on ghost hunts. Things have been seen or heard that have kind of made pairs on your back of your neck, stand yeah. up. But there's been quite a few. Um, we were at Ruthin Castle at a wedding. Um, we were at a separate wedding. We were just having a meal and there was an actual wedding taking place at the same time. And um, some rooms had been booked out upstairs that we were staying in. And between the daytime and the evening, I'd gone up to get changed, freshen up, etc. So I was putting my makeup on in the room, had my little speaker on in the background and it was quite stable on a fireplace the room was old and it was a little bit creepy um dark red velvet kind of fabric around it doing my makeup thinking nothing of it just carrying on and then the speaker flew off the fireplace but it didn't just fall like it just fell off it flew off the fireplace so I turned around with that and then just picked up on a really off energy from Mm. it so I was like okay you know this is a bit creepy so did a call call out like if there's anybody here make yourself known um so, yeah, it was a glass on the side. It, it felt like it moved, whether it did or not, because then, obviously, you're on your own in a strange place. You've and got that suggestiveness. Yeah, yeah, so you're a bit creeped out anyway, so the glass had moved. So I went back downstairs and only told Carl, my partner, what had happened. We didn't share it with anybody else at the meal. Then later on, a lady that was staying at the hotel, she wasn't with any either of the parties. She was just a guest that was staying there. She was at the bar and she came over and she went, you know... And I was like, what do you mean? And she went, you know exactly what's going on here because you've seen it. And I was like, this is a bit strange because yeah. I'd only told Carl what had happened. Yeah. And she's like, no. She said, I know that you've seen what I've seen. I was like, I haven't seen anything. So all night then she's trying to make conversation with us. Um, meanwhile, the two younger girls had gone upstairs and there was bats flying around. Bats had got in through a window. So they were flying <laughs> around. That's so the girls, yeah, the girls are, are screaming because there's bats flying around then as we came we were checking out the next day and you know they ask you is everything okay with you stay da, 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 da. and we were like yeah yeah it was just a bit strange though that the speaker had come off and they were like yeah we get a lot of activity in that room anything <laughs> else me in there. and i just didn't sleep very well there was an open fireplace next to the bed and just couldn't settle because i had this feeling that something was going to come out of the fireplace Grab me out of the bed and pull me into the mm. fireplace. So didn't sleep very well. And the, the lady on reception was like, yeah, yeah, we get a lot of people reporting activity in that room. <laughs> Probably the most creepiest one that's made me feel Yeah, really Where you uneasy. just know there's something. Yeah. Right. And not a positive energy either. It was yeah. quite a negative feeling. Because so. I think you know, don't you, when mm. you get... Like when, when like a person walks into a room, you yeah, get I was just about to say, you know, even when people are alive... Good vibes, bad vibes. Don't yeah, you? you get that sense, and even that—that that in and of itself is a bit of a what's going on inside that we can, you can kind of read the energy. Read, is it reading the energy? Reading the person? What is it? You know, you're stereotyping. What's the thing that's going on? But you, you do, don't you? You mm-hmm. have that feeling, the pit of your stomach, where you just kind of get a sense of something doesn't feel right. Do you know what makes me think or believe even more that it's energy? Because sometimes it happens with people who you know very well and you can feel that their energy's off occasionally. Mm-hmm. And it's not that they're doing anything different, but you can just sense. It's like a knowing. Once when, yeah, when somebody's not quite... Yeah, there's something. Yeah. So that's why it's definitely an energy thing. I'm sure I do, it. but I'm kind of quite, kind of really quite tuned into people anyway. So mm. I wonder for me when I do that, am I... The way I would explain that is I'm maybe reading your body language, but yeah. is it is it something else? I don't know. So go on, tell me your... Tell me, tell me your spookiness. What's okay, that keep it. So the, the, the main one, it's not dissimilar to your story, actually. Um, me and Craig took the kids to, do you know, Bliss Hill um, Victorian Museum in Telford? The Iron Gorge. If you've not been, you'll love it. Okay, don't know okay, it. So it's um, an open-air museum, and all. it's like a Victorian town that's built. And we went, we've been on Halloween, and we've been at other times. This wasn't Halloween, actually, it was in the summer. Right, now this sounds familiar. It sounds a little bit like Beamish up in the northeast, is it? Yeah, where you, you know the kids can get the old money and go into the bank and okay. buy the bread oh, rolls yeah, and I have stuff. Been there. Yeah, yeah, loved it. I went when I was a kid, and then when I had kids, I took them back. 
But we, we stayed in like an old guest house a bit further out of town. And we were in the attic room. And I remember going in there, not dissimilar to what you said, when we got in in the evening, I kept saying to Craig, have you locked that door? And he was like, yeah, I've locked it. And I was like, mm. Just felt like somebody was going to come in or somebody was already in the room. But couldn't quite put my finger on it because I didn't know at that time. Yeah. So me and Craig were in the double bed. Kids are in single beds. I went to sleep and still was a bit like before that thinking something felt a bit off in the room. And then I woke up and I saw like a figure standing over Reese's bed. Reese's the older child. Okay. So I'm like rubbing my eyes <clears throat> to check. And then I was like, oh my God, it was a figure. And she, she it was a she. She had, you know, like the big pussy boat blouses yeah. and the high-waisted skirt. Okay. Yeah. Come And I don't want to say floating because it sounds really ridiculous, but she kind of glided along the bottom of the bed. Yeah. And it was like, it was like, it was like smoke is the only way I can describe it. It wasn't, it, but it was a form. Yeah. Um, and I woke Craig up and I was like, Craig, 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 there's somebody in there, there's somebody in there, there's somebody in there. Now, he got up and laughs to this day that he must have walked straight through her. Yeah. Because he went <laughs> round the bottom of the bed to the toilet and I couldn't go back to sleep then. So I'm talking to the kids about it the next day. And then Ashton, the youngest child, who used to say there was an old man that used to visit his bedroom and used to upset him when he was very, very little. This is in our house. So I always thought he was a bit in tune with, because they say they are when they're mm. younger, don't they? Um, he said that he'd also seen the lady and I said draw me draw me what you saw mate I swear to god to this day he drew the lo- really long legs like a long skirt like I'd said yeah. ruffles all yeah. around the neck hair in a bun and wow. he'd seen what I'd seen and drawn it see that's the holy grail of these things is when yeah. you get multiple witnesses and yeah. that corroboration yeah. of stuff like that absolutely so I was seven eight years old uh in our original house where where i grew up uh and my nan came around my dad's mum and they were having a conversation in the kitchen and i came in and was listening to the conversation and instantly thought i've heard this i remember this conversation now at that point you think there's your foo however this is where it gets a little bit weirder Mm. because i stopped the pair of a mid-conversation turned to me nan and said I know you haven't asked me dad yet, but you're going to ask me dad if Uncle Ted can borrow his ladders, aren't you? And she went, yeah, how do you know that? I said, because I remember it. Can't explain that. Can't explain that one little bit. And that's not deja vu, because no. deja vu is sensing something, having no. that. This, I, think this that's was your, me. I think that's your soul reincarnated. Pff, who knows what that is? I don't know. <laughs> do. Don't know. <laughs> Now, here's, here's the weird I've done thing. It before. Because three things happened to me and they revolve around grandmothers, mm. right? So that's my dad's mum. The second one that happened to me was I'm in my early 20s and uh, my mum's sister lives down in Shropshire. And I was taking my other now, my mum's mum, mm. down to meet her the next day. I know which route I'm going to go. I'm going to go uh, at the Welsh Road. If you drive to Chester, uh, by the post house roundabout, your head is if you're going towards Wrexham, mm-hmm. and that takes you towards Shropshire going that way, and that's that's the route I picked. Yeah. Hadn't been driving very long, so that was the way I was going to go. I had it all planned out. This was this was even pre sat nav, yeah. so I think I even had the sort Brave. of the routes written. I don't think I get. I don't go. The map highlighted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah oh I barely got my front door now without a sat nav. No. So anyway, I go to bed that night, and I'm woken up by a nightmare. And it just, it's it's real, it's visceral, I can feel it, right? It, genuinely, I don't get woken up by stuff like that very mm-hmm. often, but this truly woke me up. I'm on the road, gone past the post house roundabout, I'm on that Welsh road going towards Wrexham. And on that road, it takes a bit of a sweeping left-hand turn, and you can't really see around the corner. I'm dreaming, I'm in my car, I'm driving, I've got my foot down, might even be going a little bit too fast. And as I come round the corner, there's a car stopped right in front of me in the left-hand lane. It's a black Peugeot. Mm. And I crash into the back of it. I can feel the impact. I can feel the collision. I can feel and see the glass shatter. And it wakes me up. I get up the next morning. I'm still shaken by this. I can't get this this nightmare out of my head. And, and you know, it, it got me nervous. I'm like, have a word with yourself. You just had a... Bad dream, you're worried about the journey, it's absolutely fine. So anyway, I go out, pick me nan up, 
and we're both in Ellesmere Port, right? So 15 minutes into the journey, we get to this... The part. The, the part yeah. of the road where which are seeing the dream. And I'm driving down the road, and it's like, again, I'm having a word with myself here. What's the matter with you? It's just a nightmare. You're just nervous. Mm. Relatively new driver. Don't worry. There's nothing to worry about. But I'm getting nearer and nearer the junction, the part of the road, where this nightmare happened. Mm. So I just went, do you know what? Let's not tempt fate. I pull out into the middle lane. I pull out into the fast lane. and go around the corner. And as I go around the corner... In the left-hand lane, there's a car crash. Are you kidding? And the car in front is a black Peugeot. <gasps> so you've got the gift of foresight. Is it? It's the intuition, isn't it? Do you I still get know. it? Well, I don't know. Right, I'll tell you one more story. Mm. With that same nan, going down to visit the same auntie. We're coming home this time. I've got my dad in me, so my nan's in the back. Mm. My dad's by the side of me. We're, we're doing the A-roads, and it, if you go down that route you'll always see there's like roundabouts and a bit of road and a roundabout yeah. and a bit of road and it's and it's kind of bendy and turny because it's quite rural and I just go over this roundabout and all of a sudden my brain goes there's something not right here slow down and I don't know what it is but there's a blind and again another blind corner yeah. in front of me and my brain just goes brake and I brake and as I put my brakes on this car which I hadn't seen to this point Round the corner too fast, clipped the curb, flipped into the air, landed on its roof wow. right in front of me. And if I'd have kept going, someone's looking out for you. I'd have been underneath it. Yeah. And I don't even begin to. I don't even begin to explain that. Did it stress you out? No. Do you feel like protected? Maybe it's spirit guides. I don't know because I'm not even sure whether I believe in that. But oh come on! It, but it's one of those things where I know it happened. Yeah, because you've been saved like what twice, three times. Yeah. Now, Louis, this is this is the funny bit. You meant right? to be here, mate. You know what I said before about I don't know whether I've ever seen a ghost. Mm. I'll tell you a really funny one now. And this happened a fortnight ago. So we knew we were doing this podcast. Yeah. So I thought, let's go back. I'll write. I'll write these down. So because they've, they've always been yeah. hanging around my brain. I thought, like, let's just write them down. So. Um, I know what I'm doing with the stories. Right, now I've got, Nat, you know this, I've got a cat. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was one of a pair, brothers, Sam and Dean. <laughs> Talk <laughs> about the supernatural, like, they're literally <laughs> named after Sam and Dean Winchester out of Supernatural. <laughs> Sam, I lost about five years ago. Yeah. Just had one of those medical events and he, and he passed away one night. I found him next morning. He, he passed, he was, found him in the, in the living room, he, he was gone. So we've just got Dean now. So I come in from work. Dean's fast asleep on the settee, curled up in the corner. I go over, give him a bit of a fuss, he's fine. Bust him for the toilet. I go upstairs. Go to the bathroom. As I come out of the bathroom, step onto the landing, right? Cat sweeps me through me, between my legs, mm. runs into my bedroom, trips me up. I literally trip up over the cat. Right. Dean, what are you doing? So I'll go and check he's okay because I think, oh, I've kicked him here. I go into my bedroom, not there. All right, okay, that's weird. I go into the other rooms upstairs, not there. I go back downstairs, and Dean is fast asleep, curled up exactly where I left him. Uh, and I went, Sam, hi, mate. Yeah, but he tripped me up. So, now it, was, he so it was solid? Yeah, yeah, it felt solid. Ginger cat, I look down, I see a ginger cat dot between my legs into the bedroom. But I go into the bedroom, he's not there. Now, he absolutely, it can't be him, can't be Dean. Yeah, Dean. Because there's not a chance he gets past me, back down, and goes back to sleep exactly where I left him. And you're still telling me that you're sceptical? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody just manifest right now so that we can... But here's the thing, so... I've had that, but... I don't know. I don't know what it is. I can't explain that. Mm. That there's this part of my brain that goes that happened, but I don't have an explanation for it. And I know a lot of people will go, "It's this, it's that, it's whatever." But my brain goes, "Well, where's your proof? Where's your evidence? Yeah, exactly. How how do you back that up with with the science of, of what's happening?" Some things happening? are just uncanny, aren't they? And it just there are there are no ex- well, there's no explanations as of yet for these things. It's like the intuition thing. Uh, the yeah. other night, I had the similar thing. Not as as much fun as yours, I might say. No cats trip me over, but <laughs> I, I'd left my phone upstairs. I do that in the in the evening sometimes. And I'm sat on the sofa with Craig, 
And I looked at him and I went, are the gas bottles all right at the cottage? Yeah. And he went, yeah, why? And I went, I don't know. I said, I'll check them when I go down this weekend. He was like, right, okay. And then I'm sat there. Oh, I'll just get Ashton to get my phone. And he went, why? I went, well, we've got people in the house, so just in case. He went, in case what? Anyway, I got Ashton to bring my phone down, because I'm a lazy cow. Um, and, <laughs> <laughs> and he handed it to me, and I went like, oh, no. And Craig went, what? And the, the current people that were staying there had sent a text message about the gas. Yeah. So it's like my brain had picked it up. like It's like an intuition, isn't mm. it? And he went, you knew about that before you come down I went I swear I absolutely had no idea it's just really weird and the week before that my auntie Anne had moved house yeah. I hadn't spoken to her for quite some time I'd had a dream about her the night before so the morning after I messaged her to say hi auntie Anne not spoke to you for a while um had a dream about you last night so I thought I'd get in contact with you not sure what the message is but in the dream we were opening all your windows and left it at that so she messaged back to say wow I moved house yesterday, and as we were moving, we had to open all the windows before we left. And I was like, oh, my God, that's incredible. But she lost her husband and her son yeah. not that long ago. So I, we try and keep in touch mm -hmm. as much as possible. And I was like, well, maybe that's them giving me the nudge to check on you to say, yeah. you know, you're all right. Yeah, so in. that's how, how do you explain that? It's, a, it's just a knowing, isn't it? Yeah, it's just that, again, a couple of days ago. Mum had a mark on the carpet, she wanted to get it done. I sent her a screenshot of somebody that, you know, just scrolling yeah. through Facebook, someone cleaning carpet, screenshotted it, sent it to her. She literally rings me instantly and said, how do you know that they're here cleaning my carpets now? The same company that yeah. I screenshotted and sent. And I was like, I didn't know that they were coming around. She's yeah. like, yeah, they're here now cleaning it's, the carpets. And you just stop. That, that same company. Yeah. It could have been any company. Yeah, but it was that so one. So I was just scrolling. And I mean, it could be remarkable coincidence, but sometimes no. there's like too many. Yeah, I think so. And it's like um, when I was driving the other day and I, I thought about my friend Kate. And I was, she popped into my head and I was like, oh, normally she'd ring me um, on hands-free when we're thinking. And, um, and then I glanced down at my phone and she'd messaged around the same, same time that I was thinking. So they, to say that happens, don't they, like... I don't know whether it's thought waves or what, but yeah. it's something yeah. where you sometimes know somebody's going to get in contact with you or that eerie sort of... Yeah, I've heard about that. Mm. Yeah, it's like that. Yeah, again, like yeah. what they call pre-cognition, yeah. isn't it? You just kind of have that. And that's happening to me a lot at the moment, like, but in very weird ways to the point where I was actually giggling in front of Craig on the sofa and he was like, stop showing off. And I was like, I can't help it. <laughs> <laughs> just special. Um, but <laughs> Go yeah. <laughs> yes, yes, you are. Yeah. Um, but it's it's a quite freaky though, because as much as it's like, ha ha, that's amazing, then you're like, oh god, I hope like let's, I hope it doesn't, you know, these spiritualist people that can speak to the dead or, you know, have you been to some of them? Yes, yes me too. <laughs> surprise, surprise. <laughs> have you? Yes. Yeah. But I I don't believe in mediums. Really. Yeah, or, or spiritualism. I, I just, yeah. The last one, quite recently, I've been to three in my entire life, maybe four. First one after my mum died yeah. many moons ago. Um, this last man that I went to not long ago, incredible. Like, the stuff that he knew was just really personal stuff about my dad. Yeah. Unless he's, well, he can't have even been searching because it was, like, conversations mm. and private things that yeah. he knew. And it was weird because he's the only one that I've ever been to where he's been going, like, hold on a minute. And I'm like, who's speaking to? <laughs> <laughs> I swear to God. Yeah, hang on a minute. Yeah. He's like, ah, yeah, I'll tell her. Yeah, yeah, help, wait a minute because you're telling me. And he went, are you sure you want me to tell her that? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> What's my dad saying? Um, but I, I do believe it only because it's so precise. I just don't think there's any way you can know that. It's a strange one, that one, because I've, I've studied that. Mm. And oh, there's a lot of charlatans. Mm. There is a lot of charlatans yeah. out there, and I kind of know a lot of how that works yeah. with the four effect and shotgunning and yeah. cold reading. There's and a, warm somebody reading here. And they've got a head and eyes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've seen, I've seen, I've seen Derek Okora when he did one of his, his stage shows, and what was the other guy that used to be on the TV all the time, Colin? Oh, I went to watch him, Colin. Um, Fry. Fry, that's yes. it, yes. Colin I was going to say Firth then. I was going to say, I could see him, him, but I couldn't think of yeah. him. Yeah. So I saw him and I've kind of, I've watched other um, psychics and I've kind of looked how they, they work. And mm -hmm. I, so here's, the, here's the funny thing. I, I'm, a, I'm a tutor now, so I do. You know, I teach, it's, you know, a yeah. lot of what I do is it's adult learning. And I got my adult learning qualification by fake it being a psychic. 
I'm sorry, what? I faked being a psychic to pass my... How did that work for you? All right, okay. (laughs) I'm so intrigued now. So, yeah, it involved a fair bit of lying. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a minute, before you go any further, are you securing your job now? Yeah, yeah, it's absolutely fine. Yeah, Yeah. there's no lying going on there. (laughs) You you had to lie to set it up, and that was the premise. So what I was actually teaching people was... Don't always believe what you read. Don't always believe what you hear. Well, yeah, that's... And, and make, you know, um, critical thinking and, and that yeah. sort of thing. So I thought, the way I'm going to do this is... Because uh, I had to prime people leading up to it, otherwise it wouldn't have worked. So I spent a few weeks in the classroom just telling people I came from a family of psychics, a long line of spiritualist mm. mediums, who had been telling me that I had the gift, but I didn't believe it. Mm. Um, so I've been kind of just feeding these little stories over over the weeks and stuff like that, and about how I had the you know, how I had this gift. I've been told I didn't particularly believe it. I, you know, I was telling yeah. them, but I've got this gift. So anyway, when it came to the actual session, I told the class that the session was me um, showing them how one of these readings works. Yeah. You know, it was it was it was a demonstration of an ability. You had to follow instruction, and that's kind of the premise of what they thought it was. So, the week before the actual presentation, I'd asked everybody to take a piece of paper, put the hand on the paper, draw around it, write the name on it, and even the signature, yeah. right? And what I was going to do was a demonstration of what they call psychometry, which is they say that, you know, when you, when you handle objects, mm. you leave an imprint. Yeah. Okay? So they all did this. I said, put it all to an envelope, write your name on the front so I know it's you, you know, seal it all up, hand it to me, and, and between now and the actual presentation, I'm going to take these away and we'll give you all a personalised reading. Right. I'm going to put my hand where your hand was, and I'm going to see what, I, what comes through, what I feel, what I can sense, what I can pick up about you. And I'll write down your personal reading, I'll seal it back in the envelope, I'll pass it back to you. So we get to the day of the presentation, and I hand everybody their envelopes. Okay, so I'm not a believer. I don't think it's it's particularly real, but we're here to test it. You've all followed the instruction. Here are all your personalised readings, mm-hmm. and I hand everybody their envelopes. Don't read it out, not 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 yeah. to each other. Go and find a little corner. Go and find a space. Some of this stuff's personal. Yeah. Take it away. Open it up. Read it. You've got ten minutes. Come back, give me your feedback, tell me how it went. So they go away, and I'm watching, and I'm observing the room as they're doing it. Oh, my. And they're kind of glancing around and looking at me, and ten minutes goes by. Yeah. I bring everybody back. Okay, how was that? <gasps> Mike, you reckon you don't have a gift? Oh, my word, I've never... It's so personal, it's so accurate. How did you? Yeah. How did you manage that? I don't know, maybe I do have something. I said, I know it's personal for everybody, what I've written there, mm. individual. I've, I've told you you don't have to share, but is anybody in the room willing to share what I've written for them? Yeah. One hand shot up. I don't mind, my, I'll, I'll read mine out for everybody. I think it's brilliant what you've got here. It's so accurate. <laughs> we'll win the lottery. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. she took a piece of paper and she started reading it out. Mm. And as she's reading it out, I'm watching the faces around the room. Because they all then realise... You've done the same for everyone. Everybody had got the exact same reading. <laughs> that happened to me and my friend the other day. <laughs> <laughs> me and Nicola were laughing because um, there's a guy on Instagram, I'm yeah. not going to mention any names, um, who's quite prominent in that field. Yeah. And um, at some point we must have both clicked and subscribed to the email list. Mm-hmm. And, so and you'll I'd, get your own personalised reading. Right, well... So it'd come through to me, and I think I'd finished it. It might have been last Monday night. And I was laughing my head off at it because it was like, well, some of it resonated. Yeah. So I'd screenshot it and sent it to Nicola with like... Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and she was like, oh, my God, that's it. I'm unsubscribing. Went, Why? She went, I've had exactly the same exactly. email. <laughs> so it's like, if you throw enough shit, someone will stick, won't it? Yeah. yeah. Basically. What they call Barnum statements. Yeah. You know, P.T. Barnum? Mm. Barnum statements. If you make it flattering enough and vague enough... Yeah. 
you, you'll believe it. And you'll then make back it, it up fit. with an accept it, don't yeah. reject it, yeah. accept it. Yeah. Don't reject it. Don't reject yeah, because yeah, so they play on gonna, your weakness. Yeah. Also, if you want to message me now, just for $30 yeah. on yeah. your bike, mate. But See, those people, absolutely not. But the ones I have seen in person, one was a bit sketchy. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other two, yeah. very, very good. Yeah, very I think personal. I've probably seen three or four at different times. The first one few bits were right yeah you've left college and I was like well I've left university took all my jewelry off everything yeah. didn't wear anything of anything symbolic to give any indication mm-hmm. away um he said that I would travel and I'd go over to America I didn't but my brother does live in America so there was bits, some bits yeah. that you could stretch from um another one that I went to was me my mom and my nan were all having readings at the same time at a local spiritualist church and someone apparently came through to me and asked, who do you want to go to? We'd all booked in under different names as well. So I yeah, was in I my that. name, my mum was in her maiden name, and my nan was in her maiden name. So there was no kind of connection that we the were all there on, together. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so apparently somebody came to me and said, who do you want me to go to, your mum or your nan? And I said, my nan came out. And she said that her mum, so my great-grandmother, had come through to her. Um, and my had a really good reading as well that was all linked in. But then the person that I was seeing saying, who's the little boy? My le- you know when sometimes when your leg yeah. just jolts for no reason? Yeah. And he went, who's the little boy that sat by your leg? And I'm thinking, I don't know. Yeah. Like we've had, to my knowledge anyway, any children that have passed over in the family. And he went, oh, he said, well, there's a little one by your leg. And he'll just keep tapping you every now and then because he wants your oh. attention. So we've had that one. And then I've had others that weren't so good. Um, they just, as you say, yeah, clutching at straws, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then Carl had a reading and he had his recorded and never met this lady before, parked his car down the road, walked yeah. to a house, all different things to try and not give them anything yeah. to go on. And he said it's the most realistic reading yeah. that he's ever, it's, ever had. It's, it's actually, sometimes it, it blows my mind so much that I come away feeling almost not scared but you know you're just like oh my god like they know very very specific things yeah see that's the problem with it really isn't it is because you have got your charlatans out there yeah give everyone a bad name it yeah. give everybody a bad name yeah. so if there is anybody out there that's genuinely doing something whatever yeah. that is they're not going to get believed it? because it is just going to be yeah. it's just going to be dismissed and it's usually the people that, you know, they'll do it at a discount. You know, they yeah, genuinely want exactly. to give yeah. a message and they're not giving you anything negative, that kind yeah. of thing. Like another one I'd booked in with a lady. And it was through Facebook, so I was a little bit sceptical mm. on that because I thought, she can see my page, yeah. she can see everything for the last 10 years, what's what's happened, that kind of thing. So there's a lot of information on there. But then she rang and said, I'm really sorry, I can't do your reading. No other excuse, just I'm really sorry, no. I can't do your reading. So that freaked me out even more. Yeah. I'm like, why oh, can't she yeah. do the reading? Is something bad going to yeah. happen? Yeah. So I had to go and book in with somebody else. And I was like, please tell me nothing bad's yeah. going to happen. Yeah, <laughs> because I'm stressing out now. So yeah, it was just like, I'm. she didn't say I'm sick yeah. or anything like that. She just said, I'm really sorry, can't I can't do, do the reading. Do well, the last one that I went to um, used tarot cards as well, which I think he's the first one that's ever done that with me. He did tarot and he made me draw a tree, which I think is quite an... Unusual technique. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he did something where he folded it. And then however you've drawn the tree, everybody's is different. And the roots mean something on whatever side. Like I'd dra- drawn leaves on one side, but there were some breaks in the trunk. Yeah. And there was a hole in the middle. And that all was representative of different things. So he covered quite a few bases with it, which I found really intriguing as well. Yeah. Before my dad came through. Um, and my mum. I've never... Okay. But my mum never, ever speaks. or um, I don't think she's ever really spoken in any of them. And he was saying that he found that unusual. However, um, because he'd said that she'd had, like, a mask on when she was dying and stuff. He said sometimes if they've been traumatised and had, like, a rocky road on the earthly plane, they don't want to come back, really. They don't Mm want to be involved in it. Yeah. It's just like... Done I'm done now. with it, yeah. yeah, which would make perfect sense. Yeah, yeah, I can see um, that. So, yeah, that was interesting. But my dad, obviously, there, giving it beans. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, from the first episode, two different yeah, characters, Yeah, aren't absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, feathers, robins, you name it, I, I believe it. Yeah. You don't, do you? The boys take the mickey out of me, Mike. 
Well, like I say, I used to I used to be all in, full on believer, you know, watching Most Haunted all the time and yeah. stuff like that. And I'm, like I say, I'm still fascinated by it. Yeah. But now, kind of, yeah, the older I've gotten, the more experience I've got, the more I kind of, I kind of I know the workings of yeah. what goes behind. Some yeah, of these and you try things. and excuse it away, don't yeah. you? Yeah, like because someone says that there was something over there. Could it have been yeah a particle or a bit of dust that's moved? You yeah. know, yeah. You try and. Ex- yeah, and you do learn as you go along because I remember um, initially after my dad died taking some pictures at Marbury and the camera light had made you know like what looks like an orb mm-hmm. and I was like oh it's an orb and then I was like oh no it's not it's just the it's light dust. on the camera yeah see there are things like that where you just you get to learn no that's not correct mm-hmm. yeah but then there's there's the other stuff isn't there that's just like but discount all that technology and the mm. orbs and the cameras and walking around castles trying to find ghosts if you if you get rid of all that TV entertainment stuff. Oh, we're going to absolutely. We're going to have this that. Is great. Yeah. You're coming in next. People are having experiences. Regular yeah. Joe blogs is, yeah. you know, with no reason to make stuff up. You know, sensible, yeah. rational, educated people. Mm-hmm. You know, will are having weird, unusual experiences. Yeah, and what absolutely. Are they? And all the time as well. That like, if you watch the. The ghost hunting, it's always dark, it's always yeah. night time. Ghosts yeah. don't just come out at no. night. It can be any time, and that's what, what people are experiencing and sharing, is that it's not just yeah. at two o'clock in the morning when you're tired and your brain's tired. It's in the daytime as yeah. well, in the yeah. night. Or and you're primed because you're in that spooky location and the lights are off. Yeah, you're almost and expecting it then, aren't you? Yeah, and any little, little movement will, will, will set you off. Which neatly that <laughs> brings us to what you did, because this is fascinating. So, yeah, it was many, many moons ago. Um, we were at a Halloween party at a friend's house. Um, they live in a cemetery in Everton. Oh, in a cemetery? Yeah, so you get locked in in the night time. They've got a key to get in and out, but the house is in, in a cemetery. So it's a big old creepy house. Is anyway. it an ex? Like, like an ex. Um, must have been a... Vicar's house or something because there's an old abandoned church not far from the house as well. Because it begs the question, why would you pick that? (laughs) I think it was an excellent price for a large (laughs) house. (laughs) And it's quiet. It's secure. It was a lovely house, old but lovely. Um, So they had a Halloween party which we went along to and they invited a medium to come in and we were paying to have Mm. little readings in another room and it was a really nice night. And um, the friend at the time was a bit of an entrepreneur very much into business mind and mm-hmm. making money and you know hustling for the family that kind of thing um and seeing that people were willing to give money over for an experience so it's like i know why don't we set up as like a ghost hunting group and we'll go to spooky locations and we'll do ghost hunts that kind of thing so we're like yeah that sounds like a good idea for you i didn't really <laughs> get involved with it. oh come on that we need a first aider because on all these things, risk assessments, yeah. that kind of thing, you're running around in abandoned yeah. places. It's at force, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so you need to have a first aider. Um, so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll come along as a first aider. So we'd go off to these spooky locations and yeah, take groups round. And again, they're all primed. It's night time. It doesn't yeah. start till 10, 11. It's night. People have been up all day. They're tired. Their brains are tired. It's dark. They're not allowed to switch any lights on. You've maybe got a torch, that kind of thing. Meanwhile, the team has probably been there since tea time. So we've had a, a tour around in the daytime. So we know what it looks like. We know where any dangers are, that kind of thing. Yeah. But then you also get told a bit of history as well about the venue that you're going to. So you'll know where the spookier locations are going to be and that kind of thing. So for some of it, it is very much everyone's quiet and you get people to call out because you want them to be part of the experience themselves and for a lot of it you stay pretty quiet within that because you want them you don't want to be suggesting did you hear that did someone see that that kind of thing you want them to have that experience for themselves but then once someone has said i think i just seen something over there the whole group then starts yeah i feel a little bit cold and then someone suggests oh can you feel that your feet are getting colder and you know yourself if you're out in the cold in the dark your feet and your legs are going to go cold yeah. first because you're on cold, hard floor. Um, so we take groups out. I don't know. They probably charged anywhere between 20 and 30 quid for this right. all-night experience. 
So we'd go off lots of spooky locations. Um, we've been to like Newsham Park in Liverpool, which is um, was it was a hospital before it closed down, but I think it had been like a naughty boys school where they'd put children with additional needs in there before realizing additional needs. They'd lock them into little cupboards in the attic, so we'd allow people to, if they wanted to to go into what wouldn't lock them in, but we'd let them go in and experience what maybe that was like yeah. for a child and. If it was children that you were trying to communicate with, um, you'd use toys and balls and that kind of, you know, roll a ball into the darkness, see if it would come back. Sometimes it would, but then you'd be like, "Hmm, how can that happen? Or is it hit a wall and bounce back? back. Yeah, or is the floor sloping because they're old buildings? Yeah. That kind of thing. So we've been to old hospitals. We've been to a nuclear bunker in Nantwich, um, which probably didn't have anybody pass away there but was quite big to do with the Falklands War and they did yeah. a lot of work around there. Is that the secret bunk? Yeah, 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 so quite creepy again, dark, underground. Your senses are a bit off within there. The ghost stories in the cinema. Um, you get people to kind of be quiet and relax and then they'll hear a noise. It could just yeah. be a natural noise. Yeah. But again, someone's... What was that? Nah, I think I just heard someone say... <laughs> <laughs> Did you? That kind of thing. Yeah. So you'll almost play along a yeah. little bit with it. Um, we've been to old courtrooms, even though we've been we're in a courtroom now. We're in a courtroom yeah, now. A new one <laughs> attached yeah. to prison cells, and we'll let people go into prison cells and that yeah. kind of thing to experience it. Different, like Ruthing Gall, um, one in Shrewsbury. We've been all over the place with it up to castles. And so was this before Derek Cora show? Then yeah. So okay. this is how it all kind of ah, okay. started. So it, then so from there we realised that we put little clips on YouTube and see that people were watching yeah. it. So again, the person was like, "Oh well." Should we start filming little bits and bobs as we go around? So we'd all film different bits on our, just on phones, mm. and put it together, a bit of a YouTube. Then more professional, so we'd get the camera, the kit, the boom, decent camera, night, um, night, what's it called? Night vision. Night vision, night vision yeah. on the camera, so you can see things better um, within that. And then off we'd go to different various locations. Then we got Derek Akora involved. Um, that was at Blackpool, I think, was the first time. How did you manage that? Derek Akora. So the person that came up with the idea, obviously we wanted someone of celebrity status to kind of yeah, boost, boost the programme, almost yeah. in competition with um, the other TV programme, Most Haunted. Just to give you know a bit yeah. of a perspective on that. So we approached um, Derek and we were raising some money for a dog's charity. Derek loved dogs. Yeah. So kind of bought into that, then invited him along to a couple of things. Some things he'd show up for, some things he wouldn't. But then also, I guess, he maybe wanted to build his celebrity status back mm. up again and wanted to be involved in something and could maybe see potential yeah, in the show. Because you'd already got a bit of a following and things yeah. like that. Um, so he got on board as well and started to do some filming with us. Did he bring his crew, camera crew? Or no, it was just all just the, you, what you all, did yourself. All the past hunters crew oh, and equipment. Wow. So we'd always double up as mm. different roles. So makeup artist and first aider. <laughs> yeah. Um, then we'd have, sometime. like, yeah, we'd always have hoodies that were all branded up. Yeah. Um, someone would be doing the shots and, you know, the clapboards yeah. and that kind of thing. Someone else would be holding the boom. Yeah, and that's where, after a couple of failed attempts to get it on TV, it eventually a network picked it up. Um, but then what was really interesting or funny was that a Japanese program had picked it up so they did like a real or not real tv program where they'd show clips and the audience had to guess which was real and what wasn't real so they came all the way over um with an interpreter to meet us at this church and they were chatting to us it's the most surreal experience that i've ever had because they talk through their interpreter and then we'd have to talk back through the interpreter um just so it would go on not on their tv program as well so that was really interesting to be part of that. So you're famous in Japan a little bit. Probably not. <laughs> so much I remember yeah. when it went wild. I was in London at the time and my phone was just going like bing, 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 bing because it had been picked up by this network and Japanese network and then it was in the press and yeah. different newspapers were picking it up. So. Wow. So did you find that that actually your realist moments were not when you were doing the filming? They were more when it was just you... And the team, yes, yeah, and we'd split off as well into so we'd put different team members because we were a couple and there was another couple and another couple, so it's three couples. 
Um, so we'd kind of put the girls together and see yeah. if the girls had a different experience in the same place that the boys had just been into. Yeah. See if they picked up on anything or different personalities as well. So I was quite quiet. Um, the other people were more of a presenter style yeah. and you would kind of in the background. So did you pick anything up that they weren't picking up? And we'd kind of bounce off each other that way. But then bearing in mind as well, there's also a disclaimer at the beginning of the show that says it's for entertainment purposes. Yeah. So I couldn't say the whole thing is legit. Um, there's parts of it that, you know, content is developed yeah. for it. But majority of it was the suggestion, like, I heard something then, did yeah. you hear something? Yeah. And then you build on that then. But you do feel uncomfortable and it's when the cameras stop rolling. It's like, yeah, that was really creepy in that bit over there. Should we go back and investigate yeah. it? Then we take the equipment over and it'd be going wild. And it's like, oh, I wish we'd have got you that get it. camera. But you, yeah. then you wonder if whatever that is, the entity or whatever, knows. Yeah. And it's like, if, if they are here, then maybe, well, they've got the power, haven't they? To be mm. like, no, I'm not do, I'm not a like, performing I'm monkey. I'm not a performing monkey, yeah. yeah. I'm not gonna <laughs> do it. So I'm going to wait until that's off. Which is why uh, I asked about that. Because maybe the experience you had in that room at the wedding and stuff, because mm-hmm. it was more authentic and there were no cameras. Yeah. They're willing to to be there yeah and um, but as soon as you start trying to capture it they're like mm, absolutely not yeah i don't want to be yeah film. yeah you're all prima donnas yeah so where would where would you say where have you been that's been like the place where you go there was absolutely something happening there i think it was probably newsham park only because i've got a little bit of history there myself so when i was a baby um, my mum and dad had put me into you know like a bonnie baby competition yeah. so I kind of, not remembered, but, you know, your parents say, oh, you've yeah. got any baby competition there, and da-da-da-da-da. And I think my great-nana had worked at that hospital at some point as well. But it was just, when we first went, it was so untouched. Everything was still as it was. There was wheelchairs, there was equipment, there was beds. Um, the morgue hadn't been touched. There was, um, like, metal coffins that people would have been put in um, and put like taken through the mortuary, yeah. yeah you know with like for tb and stuff mm. and they'd put people in a yeah. metal coffin to walk them through the hospital up in the attic there was still the little rooms with the locks on the doors it was all gated as well well fence the stairwell would just go round and round and round and round up to the top um but we'd set up cameras and you know we'd always have technical issues yeah. and you'd wonder whether that's them shutting off cameras we could all see the cameras on the phone Obviously, when you're taking members of the public out, you've got to be careful. Your own safety, yeah. you've got yeah. to be careful. These are strangers, you don't know them. Um, so, again, we'd always have to go in pairs or someone would have to know where you were yeah. at any time. Um, but yeah, that's probably the creepiest place. I think it's because it's so big, it's so daunting. Yeah. And it's got that history with it. A lot of history. I think it had been like an orphanage many, mm. many years ago, then a hospital, then um, like a house for naughty children. Yeah. Then back to being a hospital again, then a TB hospital. So it's got lots of history to it. Um, and it's very derelict. And even, I guess, it heightens your senses because you've got to let the fire department know which parts of the building mm. that you're in at any one time. And you can't use the whole place, only certain sections. And Yeah, I think there was talk of converting it into like a wedding venue oh, wow. in the last couple of years. Um, but the last time I went back there... The whole vibe had changed because I think it had been used for one of the you know, like spectacular Halloween uh, where yeah. they dress it up for yeah. Yeah. a scare fest kind of thing. So there was like fake blood on the wall and that just kind of ruined it then. Yeah. So yeah, great, great, great venue when it was untouched, but probably a bit spoiled yeah. now. I think those places, again, that thing about the past and the history with them, it feeds your fear, doesn't it? Mm. Like the coffins, the silver coffins and things yeah. like that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that place has got any more activity than your own living room, does it really? Cause exactly. They can Why? be where they want to be, surely. Yeah. No, and that's kind of like that sort of Dickensian yeah. Christmas carol yeah, kind of... Yeah, it is, that vibe. ...ghostly yeah. idea that we mm. get, isn't it? We kind of look for, for stuff in those yeah. places. But the scariest ghost stories that I've certainly heard and read and, and, and know about are things like the, the Enfield poltergeist and the Batsy oh, yeah. poltergeist. That was really good TV. That's happening yeah. in people's homes. Yeah, exactly. You know, that's Terrifying. kind of just, yeah, yeah. And yeah. someone said the other day, it's not the big, scary ghosts and apparitions that really, really frighten people. It's the tiny things that happen in your own home. Mm. So it's it's the idea of my coffee cup's there. And I, and I turn and, and look at you, but when I come back, it's, it's over there yeah. and no one's touched it. And I know it's yeah. moved. 
And that's the thing that really freaks mm. people out. I remember my dad's ashtray imploding once. Just out of the way. I mean, I'm sure there is a scientific reason for that. Yeah. But I remember sat there as a child, it just went poof. And all this glass just went yeah. everywhere. Well, my brain. Oh, you yeah. know, it's yeah, well, something. You, you have like a bird flying into the window. It's never happened yeah. before. Yeah. And yeah. Just my, my dad was a non-believer as well, but he reckons he saw the Marbury Lady. As a, um, well, tell me about the Marbury Lady. What's this? So do you know Marbury Park in Northwich? No. It's like um, a big nature park, really. Okay. Um, so you can go there and walk your cat on a lead if you want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's a lovely park. Yeah, that, that's a, a whole other park. episode, yeah. walking your cat. <laughs> <laughs> so um, dog walking things like that, and yeah. it's got the big mirror and they do boating. Anyway, it's a beautiful place to visit. But years and years ago, there used to be um, a mansion on there, okay. which was a stately home, and I think it was still there during the World Wars because it was used for um, helping casualties of war, things yeah. like that. And then for whatever reason, it didn't get protected and they knocked it down, which is a real shame because I've seen the mm. pictures of it. It was a beautiful building. And she was the lady of the house, the Marbury yeah. lady. Yeah. But she um, passed away, and for years and years and years, people have said that they there have been many sightings of her in the grounds. Um, in fact, a friend's mum wrote a book about it, um, and I remember her writing it when we were teenagers, yeah. and um, sort of tweaked our interest, and we went there one night when it was dark, you know what you're doing, yeah. that thing, I'm like, oh, there's definitely a ghost. But my dad, actually not a believer, and saw her when he was there late one afternoon with must have only been nine or ten, maybe. Yeah. And he said she was just there in front of him and his friend. Yeah. Um, in like all in white. Don't know if it was his mind playing tricks, and he swears he sweared till he died that he'd seen her. Yeah. And there was another thing that happened to him where he saw an old lady on the canal bridge in Barnton, um, and had said um, she'd said hello to him, and he'd gone past her, scooted past her to get home, said to my nan in the kitchen, oh, "I've just seen Mrs. Whoever." And he said, my nan said, I don't think you did. She died last week. And now he saw her. Crisis apparitions. Maybe. Yeah. So, and so, but he, even when he told me those stories, still said that he didn't believe. Yeah. Now that's, that's a bit like you. That kind of thing, where his, his brain couldn't quite process the fact that he'd seen somebody and my nan had said, no, you haven't, because she's dead. Well, I did. Yeah. I saw her on the bridge. So he didn't know she was dead. Here's the thing with belief. Right, and this is this is this is kind of where I go with it. That coffee cup there mm-hmm. doesn't require my belief to exist. So, regardless of whether I believe in it or not, that coffee cup's there. Mm. And if I suddenly stop believing in it, it's not going to go away. So that's kind of the frame of mind where I come to from this. It kind of when I say I don't believe or I'm a skeptic, mm. it's kind of in my brain. It that doesn't matter. Yeah, no, because you... Do you know what yeah, I mean? does, yeah. that, does that kind of make sense? It's kind of, whatever's happening is happening. So it's not about what I believe or what I don't believe. It's about what the is. truth of what it is. Mm. What What is actually happening. Mm. Because something's happening. But what is it? It's like when people say... Um, you can stuff me with sage and onions when I die, you know, because I don't care because I'm not going to know anything about it. But it's not going to make me a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> turkey baster. Anyway, moving on. So, yeah. um, but that kind of thing, they're supposed to right from what I believe because once you've gone out your body, your soul's mm-hmm. gone out your body, it doesn't really matter, does it? Yeah. And I guess with energy, the, the energy is shifting from yeah. like when your body decomposes yeah. back into the ground, yeah. which then becomes soil, which then feeds trees and the animals and that energy is doing full circle yeah Yeah. i think that i felt my dad leave really yeah absolutely 100 percent. almost like a brushing as he went yeah which it could be that i was extremely you know exhausted and stuff but i don't want to um sort of try and overthink it Mm. i just know that at that moment it's like i felt him go yeah so maybe that was the energy leaving which is because I've I've been there when I've, I've lost a couple of my grandparents, mm. and it, yeah, you just know they're not there anymore. Yeah. But there's a sense of a they've shell. gone. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. So, but I don't know what that is. I don't know how you explain yeah. that. Maybe it's, just the soul or the energy, yeah, depending on what, what you believe. Mm. But they yeah. say, don't they, about opening the window? You know, after someone passes, let yeah, let oh. let them out. And what happens to that afterwards? They'll floating around. With that. I've got another little story I'm going to share with you, and I want to get your reaction to it.
from the bottom of the bed, this figure appeared. Young girl. Yeah. Long dark hair. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. And she came across the bottom of the bed, came up the side of the bed, and she just kind of put her fingers to her lips to tell me not to say anything. And she just looked over at you and Lee, turned back and just went. Yeah. Now do you feel after seeing that? Scared? Oh my god. That is the end of today's episode. But if you want to hear the end of Nat's story and that interview in full, make sure you follow I Don't Know Much But podcast because on Tuesday night, Halloween night at 7pm, part two will go live. Please look out, please like, please rate, please subscribe. It's there waiting for you. Have a fantastic weekend, have a great Halloween, and we'll see you soon. for listening to I Don't Know Much But. Please subscribe and rate wherever you get your podcasts. It really does help. A big thank you to Hazel, Tara and all the staff at Safety Central. If you get the chance to go and visit them, please do. Your hosts were Michael Jones and Carrie Ann Stevens. Production was by Michael Jones. The theme music is Into the Beginning by Hartsman. This has been a Wolfstock production for the Acast Creator Network.